0: And welcome back everyone to the 65 for 65 podcast series. NACAFA, 65 years of our huddle includes everyone. And on this edition of the podcast, we have Red Blacks defensive tackle Etre Latenzio joining us on the uh, podcast. Etre, a graduate of the Nepean uh, Eagles program, as well as the University of Ottawa, is going to join us and talk a little bit about his, you know, his uh, coming of age, I guess if you will, in the uh, Ottawa football community, his time with the Eagles, with the Ottawa UGGs, and his With this little special feature, a special twist, he's also going to take us through a snap through the eyes of a defensive tackle from the time they break the huddle all the way through till uh, the time that, uh, well, generally the way it ends is with with him sacking the quarterback. So, that coming up momentarily. Hey, E.T. Hey. Thanks for joining us, bud. How are you, my man?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I <laughs> might hear my son. I'm with. He's with me right now, so I'm on dad duty. <laughs>
0: How old is he?
1: He is about uh, five and a half months.
0: No, I knew it was recent. Belated congratulations. What's his name? Thank you. Uh, Rosario.
1: Cool,
0: man. Nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: It seems like just yesterday we're getting ready for a season of university. Now I'm talking to you. Uh, years a pro under your. Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Time flies, man. Uh, I can't believe it. I think back on uh, on my years at U. Ottawa and even before, and it's crazy to think I'm almost thirty now.
0: <laughs> uh, it goes quickly, man. Like I said, it's an enjoyable. Well, you know, we we'll catch up to kind of what you're doing now, but let's uh, let's kind of backtrack. And I mean. Mm-hmm. Kind of introduced what you're. I kind of let the the listeners know in the uh, intro what you're up to now and what you're doing these days, uh, football wise. But let's kind of backtrack to where you're, you you kind of got started with football. Mm-hmm.
1: What, were,
0: uh, what were your beginnings with football, e. and um, and how did you get started? What what to kind of drew you to football?
1: Uh, well, so I, I started. I mean, late in comparison to a lot of uh, my peers, um, I was around 12 years old. Uh, and I, was, I believe I was in grade six when I started. Uh, I played with NCAFA. That was around 2002 uh, with uh, the Redskins, now the Eagles. And yeah, I guess I started because I had played soccer like every, every kid usually starts, especially an Italian kid. You, have to, you start with soccer. It's just kind of the rite of passage. But it wasn't something that I was good at, per se. Uh, it wasn't my, my skill set. So, and as I started to get bigger than most of the kids I was playing against and obviously a little bit stronger, um, it it seemed obvious that it wasn't going to be the sport for me. So I was put into football and it kind of took a little bit, you know, first year was a little bit weird and awkward because I had never played and I didn't really watch football. Um, But after I got the hang of it, it was kind of, the arrow was up from there.
0: Nice, nice. Now, did you uh, did you right away jump on uh, on the D line when you in your first season?
1: I've been on the defensive line since day one, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been moved. I've been moved around a couple times throughout my career, uh, but it's it's never worked out. So, um, I I think for me at least, because it's funny, people always think that when I got drafted to Winnipeg. Uh, as a fullback, that that was the first time I was, I was put in that kind of position. But uh, I actually wasn't the second time. Um, my second year in OVFL, I was put to running back of all positions. Uh, to know, I wasn't really sure why, to be honest. I mean, I, I had an idea, size, of course, but the previous year I was smaller and was still playing on the line, so I wasn't sure why as I was older. I would have been, you know, moved to a different position, but anyways, that happened. Uh, But no, I've honestly, I've been on the line my entire uh, my entire career. You know, like D line, obviously, I've been played. I played end, I played Q, uh, rush, nose, uh, three tech. I bounced around, Um, but yeah, cool, very cool stuff.
0: Now, in terms Mm -hmm. of your uh, the teams you played for, now was it the did you you, did you play for the Myers organization as well as the Eagles? Like, did you play in the OVFL? Um, yeah, so
1: that was my – yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I was with Myers. I was with Myers for – oh, jeez. I think I did two years of junior and uh, two years of senior, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Um, and I did one season with the junior riders prior to uh, going to U-Ottawa.
0: Okay, and then the cafe years were spent with the uh, the Eagles.
1: Red, yeah, Eagles. Red, Redskins when I played, obviously. <laughs> right, but, right. Yeah. The Eagles
0: about your uh about your first year playing like you know i mean it's funny because a lot of guys uh, that i've talked to they kind of had already had that passion or they watched it or they had an older sibling uh errant that was really into it but in your case you really didn't watch it it was kind of circumstances that dictated that you get into football what, um, what were your thoughts? Like you said, it was a bit of a bumpy start, but what were your thoughts in that first year?
1: Um, yeah, no, like, I mean, I didn't come from a, a, a sport family, per se. Like, I have a lot of family members that are uh, sport fanatics and, 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 you know, they're big NFL fans or NHL fans. I do have family members that are like that, but my actual family, my mom and dad, not so much. Um, an active family, but not, a, not necessarily in terms of sports, uh, my dad was, uh, very much so into weightlifting and, uh, his, his passions when it came to athletics were with boxing and uh, martial arts. That's where he kind of gravitated more towards. Um, so okay. well, that not, and, and I didn't even, not that I didn't take a liking per se to it. It just wasn't something that I, um, adhered to at a young age. I had tried a little bit of martial arts stuff, but I never really stuck with it, um, well, the weightlifting, I would say, was the one thing that I really stuck, that, that it stuck with me. Um, so, I, I still, obviously, I still do that on a regular basis. So, that's something that I've always and will always do, even when I'm not playing football anymore. But, yeah, no, uh, I, I just, I think it was, like you said, it was a circumstance for me. I just, I needed to find an outlet, something to do. And, obviously, I had the, the, the physical attributes to play a, a, a more physical sport like football. So, uh, it just seemed like the right fit and, you know, it, it just worked out for me. Um, I think my, I think for me at least though, because it's tough, right? When and you're a coach, you see how it is when you're coaching young kids, they might, you know, suit a specific position at, you know, a certain point in time, but then if they don't grow to fit that role as the age, you know, you have to find a spot to put them right where they will where where they will flourish. In my case, I was bigger as a younger kid. So it it made sense that I could be on the line and I was stronger, but I never really grew to be your prototypical defensive tackle. Um, But it worked out in my favor in the sense that because I was stronger and, and had the, the uh, quickness to, to, and and also low pad level, um, I was able to kind of thrive at it, even as I got older and, and never, and never grew to being six two, six three, and and, and two eighty up, you know, um, but I think it just it worked out for me, and it's 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 been a blessing for sure.
0: I definitely get it. It, it. Clearly worked out. Yeah, and it's funny because I, mean, you and I have had this conversation before where we talked about your size being uh, not a limiting factor. It really doesn't your limit play limit mm-hmm. your play, but in terms of the way the skill. Scale- uh, kind of evaluated you. So, I mean, growing up, or when you get to the point, like yeah. at university, you know, you were dominating at the U Sportland. Clearly, the next step was the CFL. Yeah, but you kind of knew your height was the was an issue. How did you approach that, or or kind of approach the naysayer saying, okay, as a six foot,
1: uh, foot eighty? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know. it's tough, right? Because I never doubted myself, and and I never doubted my uh, abilities. Um, it, 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 to play at the next level and against bigger guys, because I've always had to play against bigger guys. That was never really the issue. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with coaches have to like you have to be. I, I'm not a player that uh, I don't like to, I don't like to say this, but it is kind of true in a sense that I'm I'm I am like a one trick pony in the sense of I I do one thing I do it well right as a defensive lineman. I'm not. I'm not a special teamer by any means. Not that I couldn't be, but nice. if I, if for me to play defensive tackle at my size, it's very hard to commit to being both. Right? You know, um, because for me to be an effective special teamer, I would ideally like to play at like two thirty. You <laughs> know, so I could keep up with guys running down the field. Because you know, it's right now I'm sitting at like two sixty five, two seventy, depending on the what what I've eaten. But I mean to run down the field on kickoff and stuff. Sure, I, I'm fast and everything, but you got guys that are I, I'm outweighing them by 30, 30 or more pounds. But they might even be two inches or more taller than me. So I'm it's it's different, right? It's different kind of an it's a, they're different athletes. We're different athletes, and I did it my first year. But I realized that if I'm going to make it in the league in any capacity, I had to fully commit to being uh, a, a defensive tackle. And you know, obviously, I still have roles on specials from time to time or whether it's a kickoff return, stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, I I knew that I had to kind of go full tilt. But, obviously, coaches look at you and they see, well, he's a bit of a tweener, right, because he's too big for one thing, too small for another. Where do we put him? What can we do with him? And it's obviously difficult to scheme around one person, right? That's not ideal per se. So, I, you know, I just, they kind of used me the best that they thought they could as the, uh, uh, up until this point, as most coaches have in my career. And <laughs> kind of becomes up to me to just do the rest, right? Make sure I can survive. <laughs> no, 100%, man. 100%. I want to
0: touch on something you brought up because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I want to kind of look at that factor of the, the mental side of being a, an athlete at your level. One of the things that was neat, even though, like you said, we talked about it and uh, and it's obvious when you, when you draw up what uh, coaches and the pros consider a prototypical D lineman that yes. the tackle be at the end, that you didn't meet the height requirements. But then the flip side of that coin is you never doubted your, uh, your ability. You never, no. doubted, you never had any doubt whatsoever. Where do where do you think that kind of confidence came from, and when did you really
1: start developing that? I think a lot of that comes from obviously like my 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 dad trained me at a young age. Obviously, forced me to. I had to I had to get I, I had to get through a lot of growing pains. Um, and because I was always smaller, I was always playing against bigger guys. I got used to that. That just being what it was going to be, you know. Um, it wasn't something I could kind of get away from. And it, it only got worse as I got older because guys were just getting bigger and it was just kind of the way it was, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, the cream of the crop when you get to the highest level, whether it's CFL or NFL. So um, I don't know. I just kind of – I figured if I can't change it. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, and I was too far along in my career to change positions um, where it would be effective for me and kind of going back to my point where, you know, as a coach, you might see a kid and he looks like he's going to be a great receiver, but then he ends up being a better DB, you know, maybe two, three years later, I probably, you know, uh, could have been a better linebacker had I, had I made that transition, you know, maybe in my second or third year playing football when I was younger and had the time to learn it at a rudimentary level. But, you know, when you get to the pros or even in university to make the transition after playing defensive line for so long. I mean, you're a coach, you know how it is. It's different. It's just X's and O's. It's a different, different, uh, you know, mindset. And I'm sure mentally I could have made the transition, but I also think there was a part of me that I, I'm not much of a sit back kind of guy, if that makes sense. So I don't think I, not to say that I couldn't do well in space. I don't have the best hips per se. Like I'm not necessarily the, 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 the the most uh, athletic uh, guy but I'm sure I could have, I could have uh, done well if I worked at that position. But I, I also I knew in my heart, and just as my uh, as an athlete, the way I play, I'm always going forward. I'm just a go forward kind of guy. Um, and to kind of quote uh, Murphy, Coach Murphy, I remember one time he says he goes, "Et, you just like to go forward." He's like, "And I'm not going to stop that." So we're going to let you go forward. And that was kind of like how <laughs> how my career at U Ottawa played out uh when I had him as a as a DC. So and, and that's just how it's been for me. I, I knew that that was my skill set that I, I was strong. I, I I could get vertical. I can you know backdoor and, and make plays in the backfield and, and, and be disruptive. So why was I gonna fight fight against my nature, right? So I just bought into what I was able to do. And you know what? I like guess it's, it's worked out. It's tough. I don't, don't get me wrong. I mean you know sometimes I might look more gassed out than other guys But half the, the, a lot of the that is just the fact that, like, especially when I'm, as I've been playing a lot more nose the 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 previous few years, you know, I'm I'm 270 at the most going against guys that are probably 315 or more pounds, and then on top of it, you might have two guys on you. I mean, you're I got to do double the work, right? That a guy who's bigger than me playing the same position might have to do. Um, So it definitely can wear on you over time. But I think, at least for myself, and I, being able to kind of have a bit more free range, that's what's helped me a lot. Um, I got away from that a bit the last couple of years, and that's just something that's out of my control. You know, you have to do what you're told. Um, but, but kind of being able to, to backdoor and, and, and to push-pull and to do a lot of these things that, you know, you see you see certain players in, in other leagues do to be successful, that's kind of what's helped me kind of get forward. And it's kind of offset the fact that I might be, you know, a couple inches too short and twenty pounds too light, Um, because I know I might be stronger than most of the guys I go against. But at the end of the day, weight is weight, and it wears on you over time. So I try, I try to, you know, if a guy runs toward me, if it's a run, if if it's a run play, sometimes I would swim him. You know,
0: I would do that at
1: New Ottawa. I mean, I I can watch my highlight tape, and it's like most. Players would probably try and sit, anchor, hit them, catch them. You know, I I would from time to time, but I also had to learn that okay, I can't always do that because I don't have that 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 body type to just sit there all the time. So I've taken doubles. I can I can do it, but it's you kind of have to think longevity, right? So I just think I learned how to use my body to my, my advantage and having leverage on players helped, um, and and uh, it's it's worked up into this point
0: nice well there's two things i kind of want to um i want to touch on there i want to actually go back to something you talked about in terms of uh ask for your confidence come and talk about your family i do want to talk about your family but i actually Mm -hmm. want to take this opportunity because you kind of started going down this direction and i want to kind of keep it this way you you talked about your various techniques that you use and how your game evolved and, and and whatnot um how do you think was the your game really evolved between let's say take a look at this like going from like in CAFA youth football to university mm-hmm. and then back that jump how did you kind of evolve as a d lineman technique wise purely technique wise and then um say university <laughs> grow, how did that uh, how did that technique again change or grow yeah
1: um i mean i think as a as a kid when i was playing i, I you're just out there having fun you don't really know what you're just doing it right you just you know you're you know you're good at it you know you you know i think if you if you know you're a good player you can size up your opponents and you already can and at least for me i already knew i'd have them beat like i was like i can beat these guys okay they're not going to stop me so um i was able to kind of wreak havoc uh, as a kid, but then obviously as I progressed through the levels and then I made the jump to university, you can't, you know, you can't get away with just being more athletic than everyone. You have to actually work on your craft and your skill because everyone else is going to be that much more athletic the, the higher up you go. Uh, so it, it did definitely force me to work on my hands a lot more. Uh, one thing I've definitely struggled with even up until this point is just working on my get off and actually making sure I'm gaining ground with my first step. Uh, that's something that uh you know uh my my coach uh coach blue uh Leroy Blue would always harp on me about and and also pad level because as a shorter guy, it's funny when people go, well, yo, what do you mean pad level you're short it's like yeah, but it's actually it could it could be a positive but it can also be a negative because when you're short, you tend to try and see what's happening right okay so you have a tendency to stand up a little bit too soon right and then you lose your leverage, which is for me my best a- asset because I don't have that size I having' leverage is what saves me uh, more times than not, right? The low man tends to win. So uh, just working on, on, on the, the, the basic stuff because the basics are, are what's most crucial, right? If you don't have a good get-off, if you don't have a low pad level, uh, especially as a defensive lineman, you can have the best feet in the world, you can have the best hands, but if you don't have those two things, it doesn't matter, you know? So uh, trying to work on those um, because I, I couldn't get away with just being stronger than guys because i didn't have that size anymore i didn't have like it wasn't as as a parent in in university like it it, it, i was undersized but it wasn't too too bad right and then you get to the next level right and then now like the smallest guy you might go against is 290 if you're lucky and that's very rare most guys are 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 300 plus right so and they're all they're all good you know they're all good so you have to make sure you come correct uh, so yeah, just think, I just like I think when I got to the pros, it was, you had to, you had to work on your craft and you have more time to do it, obviously, cause it's your job. Um, so that, that was, that's kind of where I, I had to realize that I'm not going to get away with just being maybe quicker and stronger, definitely not bigger. So I had to work on, on my pad level, my get off, and then obviously the hands and technique and, 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 and whatnot kind of came afterwards.
0: Oh, interesting stuff. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this a step further, actually. Just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. um, from you know a a wannabe D lineman myself, I also I think my second or third year, I moved to D line. Howie Long was my idol. Um, oh. Who knows me or see me? Knows that my frame is the 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 is the total opposite of what you require as a D lineman um in terms of weight and stuff so I had a blast but again was figured out the bread and butter was <laughs> on the other side so take us yeah. take somebody like me all through it uh, you break the huddle take me through the whole that from the minute you break the huddle to the kind of the end of the play what's going through your mind what what kind of keys what are you doing as a D lineman you break the huddle and then what
1: yeah so you know, break the huddle, we get the call, obviously, you're, you're waiting to get the call, and, and the sooner the call comes in, the better, especially for a D-lineman, because, you know, people people always laugh and joke, because, yeah, maybe the defensive lineman, we don't have the, the most uh, stimulating um, position in terms of the X's and O's, um, so mm-hmm. that, that aspect of it is, is lesser. However... The the game happens faster than any other position, with the exception of the offensive line, and even even then it happens even quicker for us because we don't know what's happening. Right? They know the call, they know the play, they know the snap count, et cetera, et cetera. So we're 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 kind of all reactionary. So play, you know, huddle breaks. We get the play. I'm I'm running through in my head what my assignment is. Once I'm I'm, I'm crisp, I know what I'm doing. I'm trying to look in the backfield to see if I I can notice any keys, like run keys, pass keys, Um, you know, where's the line, where's the running back uh, lined up? You know, is there, is there any motion, you know, back into the box? Like, is there going to be a chip on the D end? Stuff like that. Things that might give you some kind of an indication that the play might be going away from you or to you. Um, Obviously you, you, you pick things up from film study. That's, 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 part of it right you're gonna you're gonna pick up some keys as you watch film and then when you're in the game you are trying to find them um and then just get yourself down in, in your stance and play ball
0: <laughs> oh, i hear you i hear you no it's interesting to see the thought that uh, that kind of goes into it coming snap. that's awesome stuff i appreciate that yeah
1: no okay. for sure we'll,
0: we'll uh we'll kind of keep with the uh with some of the more uh, D-line technique or whatever, and we'll do that in just a moment. So we're going to kind of cut off the first part, and then we're going to come back and uh, start up the second part of our conversation with ET, and we'll be right back in just a moment. And that was part one of our conversation with ET. Part two coming up momentarily. And welcome back to part two of our conversation with a.k.a. EP as most of us know. Man. Gee, thanks again for jumping on and we'll uh, we'll kind of get right back to uh, it, it was kind of fascinating for me and I'm sure a lot of young D. Lyman really enjoyed that part so I, I'm going to put you on and I'll kind of go through the final part. Now you gave me everything the prep right before the snap um, mm-hmm. give me an idea of typical I mean I, I got to imagine it's got to be instantaneous so it's even hard to kind of Say what your thoughts. What are right when that ball snap? What what what's what's kind of going on in your mind, and what are you trying to execute with your body? If that makes sense, way I'm asking it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I I try to not overthink things, um, because when I do, that's when I get myself into trouble. So, uh, generally, I mean, you, if all things go accordingly, and you got the play call with enough time to process the information get yourself lined up and, 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 you know, get, get to where you feel comfortable pre-snap, then usually I just, I wait for the, for the ball to go. Once it's snapped, I'm, I'm obviously reading, like I said, the keys. And I try and get my hands on, on, on my player, my opponent as fast as possible to create separation and to make sure I have a good position. Um, And obviously it, it depends, right? If it's run or if it's pass, if it's run, I'm obviously trying to see where, it's going to and can I make that play? Can I, can I hold my gap? If it's a pass, then obviously trying to get vertical and and to create some kind of disruption uh, with the quarterback and his, and his throwing lanes. Um, But I don't try to think too, too much um, just because that's, that's when I I always get in trouble. I mean, I, I, I'm not, it's not a good thing if ET starts thinking it's, (laughs) it's, you know, know your job. And I would say that that's probably the case for most players, right? Because, um, at the end of the day football happens s- extremely fast right like I don't, I don't know the exact number but they they say something like in in you know 60 minutes of football players only play what like nine min nine maybe nine minutes total of actual play I've you heard know that. yeah so and and that and it's crazy to think that but it's because it's not a rapid it's not a constant game it's a fast stop and go stop and go kind of game and so in that nine to ten minutes that there's actual play, I might only be playing let's say five minutes of that right half of it, and then in that five minutes that 's how many plays it could be forty plays, it could be sixty plays depending on how how the game's going. It could be even more than that i've played seventy seventy plus uh play games, not that I 've taken every snap, but you know what i mean so there's 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 so much it's happens there's a lot that happens in such a small amount of time. You don't want to overthink. You just kind of want to react. And obviously, you know, you've heard, I'm sure you, you've heard, the, you know, people talk about being in the flow, you know, um, you're, you're, where, where you're just, you're flowing through it. You're going through the motions. You you feel, you're feeling the game. You know, you're in that zone, right? You're in that zone. And, and, and when you're in the zone and you're not thinking about anything, you're just reacting and it's, and it feels natural. Uh, that's the best feeling as a football player. I know when I've played games and I'm in that mode and I'm in the zone versus not in the zone for whatever reason. Uh, it's like night and day, both in terms of my enjoyment <clears throat> of, of the game of playing and and my uh, ability to make plays. And you're just, you're a way better athlete when you get to be in the zone. So that's always my goal, right? Is like just to be as much, as close to being in the zone as possible, pre-snap, locked in. I'm a pretty... Like, I'm a talker. Everyone who knows me knows I like to talk. I always, I'm i always joking and yapping and, and whatever. But in the games, I'm not really – I'm not much of a talker. Um, but I don't also – I'm not one of those guys who's, like, stone-faced either. Like, when I'm on the sidelines, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the guys, like, trying to be light. Because if I don't mm-hmm. – if, I, if, I, if I'm not staying loose, uh, not just physically but mentally, then then it kind of takes me out of the game a bit too. Whereas there's some guys that have to be stone-faced, you know? So you it really you. just depends. It just depends. But for me, I'm always just – I just try and be locked in and, and, and react and, the, and be an athlete because shit breaks uh, – things break down. Like if, if there's a play that doesn't go your way, shrug it off because you've got another 50 to go, right? I can't hold on to what happened. You know, I went offside or I – you know got cold for rough in the pasture. i can't dwell on that so i always try and flush things down get get myself back into that zone and then same thing rinse and repeat
0: no no that makes perfect sense now quick question for you you talked about the zone and getting into it the athletes of various sports various the they they talk about that zone how long did it take for you um as a pro to be able to attain that where you found yourself, was it like just an instantaneous carryover college? Like once you got your your feet wet or, or did it take a while because of the, uh, you know, learning new systems, how long did it take you before you felt that you could
1: consistently get yourself into that zone on game day? I think it's always, it's always tough. I mean, I've never been a big raw, raw kind of guy, you know, big speeches, this and that. That's just, it's never been me um and even music like i love music but I, it's not like i i'm blasting music pre pre-game to get myself going like it's never been me um i do have some rituals and routines i like to follow to get myself in the zone whether it's you know the 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 night before i'll watch like a some kind of movie one of my favorite movies just to that might be like a, uh uh an epic movie just to kind of get like the gladiator just to kind of throw something out there whatever it might be just something that to get my juices flowing for the night, for the next uh, day. But honestly, it, it really depends. I think, you know, we're all human beings and there's so much that goes on in life outside of football that it is difficult to not carry that into a game sometimes. And sure. um, you just need to be able to to turn on a switch, right? Um, I've had days where I'd be driving in and I'm like, oh, I don't... I don't wanna do this today. Like I'm just for whatever reason, I'm just not like I don't feel like I'm I'm clicked on right now, you know? And then I get there and I'm in the building and it's like, okay, I'm a little bit closer now. I'm starting to feel okay that it's game day. And I start to warm up and I'm you know hitting the tubs and I'm I'm loosening up, I'm doing a warm-up, whatever it is. I'm like, okay, no, it's it's time, you know. Then I'm getting taped. And it's like as I'm getting closer to the actual event unfolding. I'm like okay now I'm now I'm in it right and I've had some of my best my best days uh when when I woke up I was like oh my god I'm not I'm not feeling this today you know and then there's other days where I wake up and I'm like oh yeah I'm ready to go and not to say that I didn't have a good day but not not necessarily as good as I thought I was going to so it's really weird like it's hard to gauge sometimes um how your mind is going to be and there's a lot that can be out of your control also, as an athlete, I think that's another thing, especially football. Um, you know, you're relying on other guys to do their job, uh, which can directly affect your performance as well. Um, if you're on the field all the time as a defensive player, because, say, offense isn't having a great day, you know, it can be tough, right? It can wear you out over time as, as a defense, and, and then you might start making some poor decisions just out of being completely exhausted or whatever it might be, right? And, 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 and so, it's tough every game is different every day is different but i i always try to just enjoy the moment and i always try to just do my job and not worry about the other guys because if i don't focus on what i need to do it doesn't matter what what happens in the game you know because if i messed up we could have we could win we could lose but you're going to be critiqued at the end of the day on what you did wrong or what you did right um so i just try and make sure that I, I, I do the best I can to keep that switch turned on, no matter what might be going on in my life outside of football.
0: Okay. I had a question, one last question in terms of yep. talking pros, and then I'm going kind to of go back to a question I wanted to ask earlier. Um, yep. Talking about college, uh, you're talking about the college and uh, and the pros, and also talking about when you were playing the cafe, where did you find the biggest jump in your career, like just in terms of, everything getting that much bigger. Was the jump bigger going from say high school age, so Catholic youth football to university, or did you find the jump bigger from university to the pros? Uh
1: I I would say the jump is the biggest. It, it really it it's hard to say. Um for me when I went from when I went from uh from not Nakafa sorry, but OVFL straight through to uh university I thought it was a a bigger jump just strictly because I was – hold on a second. My kid's freaking out right now. My sister's taking care of him. I'm trying to close this window so I don't hear him. (laughs) I'm outside and he's just losing losing his mind. uh, That's kids for you. Anyways, I'm sorry. Uh, But for me, I thought the jump going from OVFL to uh, U-Ottawa was tougher just because when I had made the jump, I actually – I wasn't really prepared for, for that initial season. Just because I actually had finished a full season of of and uh, we we lost in the right. uh, uh, in the playoffs or the first round of the playoffs, so I actually only had like two three weeks uh, off before training camp. I had never actually had a training camp before, so I didn't know what to expect, what it entailed. Uh, it's not like I was working out all offseason like all these other guys were, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't prepared that way for it, as well as obviously the mental aspect of it, just being in meetings all day and, you know, starting at six and ending at like nine or 10, you know, for th- doing that for a couple weeks. Like I w- was shocked. So for me, that was a big shock to the system initially. Um, the only, the biggest thing for me, I think in terms of the pros that shocked me more. So is was just, I think it was just more, just the overall speed of the game. Um, Cause it didn't take me right. too long to adjust at the university level. Um, and I, the hardest thing I think for me when I first started um, was they still had the grandfather rule in place. So a lot of guys I played against in my first year were, some of them were actually closer to my age now. <laughs> there was a couple guys, um, yeah. remember those, you know, remember exactly. Right? There's a couple guys I remember. I was 19. Like, I took a year out of high school off because I was still trying to figure out where I was going to go. Um, so I just worked to save money in case I didn't go anywhere uh, where I needed to spend pay money or if I couldn't get a scholarship so I worked and worked and worked and then I ended up signing so I was like oh I'm 19 I'm a little bit older a little more mature um and boy was I in for a rude awakening when you know I I don't know what our average age was on the team but I would say probably 25 to uh, we had a couple guys who were close probably 27 28 um so it was a bit of a there was definitely a bit of a gap and then after that year that ended and most of the guys I was playing with were within. We were all within that same age, right? Three years apart at the most. Um, so that was a bit of a shocker. I just for the but jumping up to the pro level. Uh, you know, at that point, you're already used to being in meetings. You're already used to to that aspect of things. It was more so just the general speed, and then obviously just the pressure of knowing that it's it's a job now, and you know you're not the big fish anymore, um, and Obviously, knowing that I had, I, I had not a target on my back, but, you know, things were against me in the sense that because I was a smaller guy trying to make it as a D lineman at the pro level, I had to try and come correct all the time because it's, you know, you're almost just looking for an excuse to get rid of this guy, you know?
0: No, exactly. I like the way you say it, I like the way you refer to it. It's a it's a good lesson for uh, a lot of the kids out there to understand exactly that coming correct. Yeah. I like yeah. that a lot, et. A couple times, and I think it's something that they can take to heart. Let's uh, backtrack a little. Now you talked about the confidence that uh, you had going in, and I mean I remember when when uh, when I was around you in your university days, and definitely, and and, and I mean, it's one of those things you see with a lot of successful athletes. You had a confidence, mm-hmm. not an arrogance. Uh, a belief in yourself that 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 wasn't a, a cockiness it was a quiet confidence there's nobody mm-hmm. nobody doubted it but on the other hand you didn't need to prove it you know it's uh, it's the old adage a lion doesn't have, doesn't run around the jungle telling people it's so they telling every every other yeah. creature it's a lion uh, they know so my question is this is that you mentioned that that kind of came a lot of it came from your 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 your, your family and more specifically yeah. your dad background and his passion for uh for boxing for martial arts i'll ask you a little bit about your family your family background um growing up what kind of pre-football um give us a little bit of uh, background on your family
1: oh uh, yeah no i mean uh, most people who know me obviously i'm italian that's my background um i always joke like i'm definitely a very italian but i'm i'm a tim hortons italian i grew up drinking you know, the old Tim Orton's coffee. So, but, uh, no, I'm, I definitely very much so culturally. I, my, my background is Italian and, uh, very proud of that. Uh, my, my, all my family, um, with the exception of my parents and such, my grandparents and aunts and uncles are all immigrants. So I, I grew up around, around that culture and, and <clears throat> just, you know, the language and, and the people and the way they operate. So, and they're, you know, they're all very hardworking people, right? Uh, they all came post-World War II, you know, they, they lived through that that event, and they stayed, you know, they didn't have food or water and, and and or electricity for a large part of their early lives, so, you know, hearing those types of stories and, and whatnot uh, obviously gave me an appreciation for what I have and had growing up, and my parents, though they were born here, they were, they were by those people, and that kind of that set there the tone for what my upbringing would have been like cuz especially with my father being being you know the first born uh in Canada uh, out of all of his cousins and siblings he was raised very much so um with an iron fist i guess you could if you want to put it that way so he was tough he was he was tough minded and you know he expected a lot of me but not more than he thought that i could do you know um mm-hmm. so that's kind of what it's it's it helped to kinda of keep me on a path that I've been on, uh, despite my shortcomings, uh, no pun intended. Um he, you sure. know, he, he was able to get me into the gym early and you know, I'm I'm it's funny, I, I by I think by nature, most athletes tend to be lazy people, but they just find a specific outlet where they're able to go all out, you know. Um no. I'm 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 naturally, I, not to say I don't like saying lazy. That does sound bad, but I mean, as a kid, I loved nothing better than to just play video games, and I uh, loved art uh, as a kid. I'd always draw and be do, doing something um, with a pencil and paper. So it was always uh, something I'd always be doing was be sitting down and drawing, and then I'd be playing video games. Like I was, that was just me. I kept to myself a lot. I wasn't super social which is weird to Mm -hmm. think because now it's trying to get me to shut up. That's the trick. So um, (laughs) kind of 360 there. But uh, so being athletic and and doing a lot of hard work and and, and pushing that was in me initially, but I think like most athletes, once they find their passion, their niche, whether it's soccer, hockey, whatever it might be, swimming, then they pour all their energy into it, right? And that's kind of what happened to me. Is I found that football was something that I liked, I enjoyed, and then it, I kind of threw everything into it. Um, so, and it helped that I had a parent, uh, parents, but also my father who was uh, very much so um, driven in his own in his own areas in terms of weightlifting and, and such. So I had that. I had that uh, base to to kind of prepare i don't think i'd go as i would have gone as or not nearly as far if i didn't have early um, influence having someone like him push me in, in the gym and you know get the best out of me uh, at such a young age it's definitely been something that's helped me you know uh, propel myself now that he's not here and now that i'm on my own you know um i just i don't know how it, it, I, I don't know i, I think I think back on, on those days when I would be training as a kid, 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever, and I'm like, hey, I used to hate it. <laughs> I loved it, but I hated it because I would train with a lot of my friends that I played football with, and he would train all of us. Uh, we'd do like weekend sessions Algonquin back in the day, and... You know, I'd always look, I'm like, why are they doing like, you know, eight reps and I'm doing like 15 or whatever it might be the workout or like, he always pushed me that much more, mm-hmm. you know, he'd like, okay, give me and I'd 10 and I would do So Okay. Give me, give me five more. and I do five more. And it's like, okay. Give me another, I'm like dying, but he's like, he's like, he knows I could do it. So I do it. So he was someone that helped me push myself because, because I didn't know how to push myself initially. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think I needed. That's what I, I, I needed to have that. And now it's, it's something that I can just do. And even I, I think like anyone else, everyone struggles with pushing themselves. It doesn't necessarily have to be in, 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 in athletics or the gym. It could just be in anything in life. Um, and, and so it's, it's good. I'm happy and I'm blessed that I had someone that did kick my ass, uh, at a young age. Cause I think we all struggle with, with that from time to time. It's easy to get lazy, to not do stuff that you know you need to do. Um, so, and I have my weaknesses. I'm not, I'm not, I, I if, if you ask me, would you rather go and squat till you pr- till you throw up or run, run wind sprints till you puke? I'd rather squat, you know? I've never, it's, you know, the, the the field side of things has never been my favorite, but I know that it's a necessity. And uh, and so I've had to do that as well. But that's definitely, I'd say, a weaker area of mine where I'd have to, I, I got to do it. It's a necessary evil. I got to go run on the field or, do do certain drills um, guys they'd rather that than hit the gym oh then there's those guys that just like to do it
0: <laughs> no i hear it. it's actually funny because i remember i remember going and this is going back i always joke hundreds of years ago when, when i was playing college ball and um and it's funny because i remember we used to we'd have our off-season training and we'd be running and each day would be different day in the sense of what they were focusing on. a player, you know, especially back then, the training wasn't as streamlined. They, they didn't tell you exactly what it was. But there was a method to their madness in terms of some was, uh, you know, more explosive plyometric day, the focus of the day, and then others were sort of short sprints, and then others became a cardio. And there was not a single lineman um in all my years of being around anything like that that was said you know what this is my favorite part is the running part of it i wish we could do more running they would like you said live till you puke and even the quick moving stuff they were good with but they hated whereas a a a, a lean guy like me i used to the cardio stuff it was like a day in the park compared to the other stuff so right everybody's got their uh and it's funny you say that because i always say you know the human body it, it, it's kind of meant self-preservation is the key to our existence so i mean it's trying to keep itself somewhat at rest and, and i always say i i tell my I, I, I don't like to use the term lazy but our bodies are, are wanting to get into a complacent state and that's what we've got to constantly fight um we're most comfortable complacency it's just the reality of our bodies and we have to battle that. that's cool stuff well i had one um, one last question in terms of the football side think, yep. man. what um looking back at your nicafa days do you have one or two uh mm-hmm. memories or lessons or it, it can be a funny story or anything that kind of jumps out of your head like a life lesson football lesson or even something a little lighter uh one memory you always tell of a certain play uh season anything
1: like that that you can think of off the top of your head Oh jeez. I haven't thought back to the cafe days uh, in a while, but I mean, there a—I definitely had a couple. I remember one season I had—I had scored two touchdowns, and the only touchdowns that I ever had. I—I um, <laughs> I, uh, one was—I remember I, I, the running back got stuck between the, the two offensive linemen, and I and I he was trying to push through uh, the gap, and he just got wedged there. So I just took the ball out of his hands and. No one knew what happened, and I'm running up the sideline, the opposite sideline, and people are like, what the hell's going on? Then they're like, oh, they, they saw that I had the ball eventually, and then they realized they were freaking out, so that was funny. Um, and then uh, the other time I had, uh, on the same season, I ran into um, the returner on a kickoff, and just before he his his butt touched the ground, I was able to rip the ball out and ran the last, like, 20 yards for a touchdown, so that, that was, like, my highlights – I was pretty pumped about those and then it never happened uh, again. Now, was that, uh,
0: was that, what, what, do you remember what level you were
1: at? Like, was that early or late? I think that was, mm, if I, uh, I want to say midget. Okay. So, a um, later, so you really, a you... little bit, a little, yeah, it was a little bit later. um, Just a little bit later, but I think I was like 16. 16. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure I was 16. Yeah, the good
0: thing with that, though, is at least then you kind of uh, you took a moment to savor, and you realize that this was hard to come by. That it wasn't, you know, this has happened when you're when you started playing at twelve. You're probably figuring you're going to score these touchdown things, uh, you know, week in, week out. So at least you yeah. knew how rare it would be when you did
1: it. So absolutely, and I mean, when I played at that at that level, not not to not to sound like. Um, Falky or anything, but I was definitely dominating a lot more um, at that point in my career in the TAFA. so it was, and even at that point, it was still hard to come by, so it was nice to, nice to get two in one season, that's for sure. No, I hear you, man.
0: Well, ET, brother, I really appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday. I really, I know you got the little one that Love you're... You know, five months old. You get your your, your hands filled uh, and busy all the time. So I really appreciate this, mm-hmm. and I'll leave you with this uh, kind of question for everybody listening. What's uh, what's what's next on tap for you? What's uh, what's the plan over the next? You know, what's the next twelve to eighteen months hold? Do you think?
1: Geez, well, uh, right now I'm currently in the process of uh, becoming a realtor, so uh, that's that's the next step. Um, getting myself. Uh, well, I, I'm. Finish. I'm I'm licensed now. I'm just in the process of, you know, doing the orientations and stuff, and uh, I'm I'm on with a with a brokerage. It's just now the, the training and learning curve. So hopefully uh, I can hit the ground running uh, soon, and start uh, start wheeling and dealing <laughs> no. because Daddy's got to pay the bills. So uh, football football obviously ain't doing it right now with the pandemic situation, uh, and yeah. It, in terms of football, uh, to be determined, I guess. I don't no. know. Uh, things right now are so up in the Yeah, things are up in the air. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with, with uh, the CFL and what they tell us. I think at this point right now, a lot of guys are just kind of waiting around and, and looking for that plan B just in case, which you should. It's important. No, 100%, man. Well, again, ET, really,
0: really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man.
1: Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. My
0: pleasure, buddy. Good getting caught up. And again, I want to thank all of you for listening. Be safe and catch us on our next NACAFA 65 years of our huddle includes everyone podcast.